Welcome to Behavioral Health in the New Normal, a podcast developed by Prestige Community Resources, aimed at bringing healing back to our community through knowledge, expert advice, and positive messaging. The show is a joint venture between the Department of Behavioral Health and Prestige Community Resources, funded by SAMHSA in response to the challenges currently impacting our communities. Hosted by Paul Wells Sr., who uses over 30 years of extensive clinical social work experience to conduct insightful interviews with experts and professionals on a wide range of topics that impact the Washington, D.C. community. From behavioral health crisis to education to financial hardship and anything in between, this show will provide information and insights that will surely make a difference in your life. Hello and welcome back to Behavioral Health in the New Normal, our podcast. We're here with Reverend Vernon Ware. Reverend Ware, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? And where uh, yeah. First of all, well, thank you just for having me. So I'm glad to be able to spend this time with you and with all those that are watching. Uh, I am, as you said, uh, Reverend Vernon Graham, the pastor of Pilgrim AME Church, which is in Northeast DC. Uh, but I actually was born in Southeast DC, <laughs> born at Greater Southeast Hospital. Uh, so started out there, uh, spent my younger years, obviously, in Southeast. My first job, I used to catch the bus from Shifley Terrace, take the 32 bus all the way down to Pennsylvania Avenue. So to all of our Southeast folk, what's up? Uh, but everybody else, definitely, I've spent also... Um, well, I always say my parents moved to Maryland and I went with them. Uh, so <laughs> I did that. And I went to uh, Oxford Hill High School. I then went to the University of Maryland. Uh, where I got my degree in accounting. And then later on, kind of switched up things a little bit, went to Howard University School of Divinity, got my divinity degree. And then my last degree was actually my master's in counseling. And I got that from Loyola University. And so uh, that is kind of a snapshot of what I am. So I kind of split myself into three parts. I am a pastor. I am a clinical counselor. And probably the thing I'm most proud about is being a father. So uh -huh. that's me in a <laughs> nutshell. So I have a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, now five-year-old daughter who is dealing with uh, this new uh, COVID aspect of education. Uh, so we are both learning that together, but it's all good. So that's me. That's me in a real nutshell. <laughs> All right. So um, I guess one of my, I guess one of my first questions would be, how are you adjusting to the new normal and having um, being that we can't connect with people and be one on one with people like we have in the past? Oh, I think for everybody, it's been a huge adjustment. At first, it was just such a shock that I think everybody was just in the mode of we just got to do what we have to do. So uh, in both of the jobs or both of the things that I do, so with pastoring, we immediately had to figure out, okay, how can we still quote unquote have church and do it online? My church uh, is an older church, so we didn't have streaming. We didn't have a website. We didn't have any of that. So mm -hmm. we had to literally within one week figure out how to go online. And now we're on YouTube. <laughs> we're using <laughs> Facebook Live. Uh, we, we just work at a little bit of everything. It's so uh, I'm amazed at how they've been able to switch. But then on the counseling side, uh, obviously was used to doing that mostly in person. And mm -hmm. so now having to switch to doing telehealth where 
all of the counseling is now done in a setting similar to this, where mm -hmm. I'm now not looking at a person across from me, but I'm looking at a person or a couple that is across from me in the screen. And I will say that I think initially everybody was just on get it done. And then in the midst of that, everybody got tired because mm -hmm. even though you were getting it done, it was so much more work. And so I think that now, hopefully we're trying to figure out how to get it done better, but then also to do it in a way that allows us to live. I think a mm -hmm. lot of persons are kind of getting a little exhausted. And so now it's just kind of like, okay, well, how do we dial this back? Knowing that even with some of the changes they've made with the vaccine and everything else, it's still probably going to be another five to six months mm -hmm. before we can even really get back as my daughter would say, before we can go back outside. And so <laughs> then if it takes that long to do it, mm -hmm. then we have to find better ways to cope because it has been really challenging just for me, just like it has for everyone else. Okay. So with, when you say there's better ways to, how we find better ways to cope, I like, like for me, like I'm used to coming up to the person, hugging them and all of that stuff. So how do you still get that connection? How do you still get that? Cause you can't really do that through a video screen. Right. I think that's, that's an important part. And even once we get back out, I'm not sure. So you <laughs> might still want to hug people. You just got to spray them down first <laughs> to make sure, uh, before you actually do the hug. Uh, it, it is challenging in, in terms of because the physical touch is just absent. And so we know that there is just healing and there's comfort in physical touch. That's why we hug persons. That's why even when uh, babies, one of the first things and most important things is for them to be held. So we know how important that is. And so some of it is going to be finding different ways to provide that closeness. So even something as simple as tone of voice. So if we were talking, I'm like, ah, then, okay, that's pushing you farther away. But if I'm like, hey, Tania, how are you doing? I really am concerned about how you're doing. And just being able to laugh, just being able to have that, that now means a lot more. And so one of the challenges is, is that because we are online, we can be distracted. So if you're distracted, then the hard part is making sure that a person feels like they have your attention that they have you rather than feeling like you're distracted. And so that's one of the hardest parts about, uh, I would say, dealing with COVID uh, communication across, you know, these kind of internet <laughs> airways. <laughs> so I guess, I guess the natural question would be, what was the, one of the biggest challenges when you're standing up during your sermons or Bible study or what's one of the biggest challenges you face? Because like, how do you not get distracted? So one, I, I will say at first, it actually was kind of cool because like, <laughs> no, I could say anything and nobody would frown. Nobody would like look crazy. So I could talk about like a Rick James or something and nobody would be like, oh Lord, you know, I could talk about Biggie and nobody would like freak out. And so I think for initially there was a little bit of freedom at first because I can say whatever I want to say. But then I think over time, you just miss some of that feedback. Mm -hmm. And it really helps you to realize that, okay, we do like feedback. And mm -hmm. so then the feedback I would get would come much later after I could read the comments and things like that, but you're just not getting it in real time. So I think one of the hardest parts is that we are communal people. We are mm -hmm. people who like to be in 
contact in community, even introverts like myself, we still like some feedback. We still like some connection. And so really just trying to make that connection with for the red light on the camera is a lot harder than mm -hmm. it was in terms of when people are there. But over time, I think I've kind of adjusted to it a little bit and you kind of are able to anticipate. I know other persons were actually putting like pictures in the pews and I, I couldn't <laughs> If the pitcher started moving, if the wind blew or something, then I'm going to be nervous and thinking that there's something going on. And then I'm cutting the sermon off right then. I'm like, yep, got to go. Yeah. So, um, but I think people do different things. But for me, I think you just, you just learn that this is kind of what it is. And then you look for other ways. So like things like this, like Zoom, we introduced that as well so that we could have times where there could be the feedback. Mm -hmm. So in both of your roles, because in both of your positions, you're a pastor and then you're a counselor, you see people that are in crisis, people come, and the way you respond to that crisis has now changed. So how are you using social media to kind of make sure that people aren't isolated or left alone during this time? That's a great question. I think that one of the things I've tried to do is to not fall into putting out what I would almost call toxic communication. Uh, we can see something or hear something. And then now, because persons are home, persons do have access, that they just jump on and everybody has something to say. Everybody uh, is going to be talking negative about something. And so mm -hmm. sometimes just being that voice of not just reason, but hopefully positivity to try to push against some of that. Uh, sometimes being a light in terms of that has been helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and I will say one of the things I suggest to persons all the time is sometimes you just have to shut it off. It's just overwhelming. And it's cases where normally we would be out shopping, we'd be out going to the movies, we'd be out doing different things. Now we're in front of a screen, we're in front of a phone, we're in front of an iPad or something. And so you can get overwhelmed with so much that mm -hmm. it really just can become um, detrimental. And so I think that one of the things I try to do is to try to have a positive voice out there. But at the same point, I'm also telling persons, uh, sometimes just shut it off. Uh, mm -hmm. There's no way to change what's out there, but you can change how much of it you let in. Makes sense to me. <laughs> so um, what are some, what are three ways that we could possibly, or three suggestions you would give to to use technology and Zoom and all of these platforms um, to stay connected to like family and other people? Okay. And so I would say this, first of all, is just realizing that everybody is going to have a different comfort level. Uh, mm -hmm. That was one of the things that I really had to uh, realize with my church. And so some persons had literally never heard of Zoom, had never heard of, you know, Facebook Live and those sorts of things. And so it was a case where for them, there was a huge learning curve. And so therefore realizing that even though I could just jump on something real quick, they couldn't. And mm -hmm. so therefore there were times where we actually had to walk people through it, that we actually had persons who were on the phone saying, okay, now this is how you create a profile. Okay, this is how <laughs> you create a picture or, and okay. all of those things. And it was actually an act of love because even in doing that, just showing that you care for someone that you'd be willing to slow down is showing somebody that you care. And so mm -hmm. that was actually had a dual benefit one we were able to get them connected but then two we were able to 
um, show them the love to have the patience with it. So the first thing is I think to have, especially with family members where you're gonna have them at different ages and different technology comfort levels, mm -hmm. being able to have patience is the first thing. Secondly is to keep it short, uh, okay. which sounds hard because you're kind of like, okay, we haven't seen each other mm -hmm. in you know three months. We normally would have had Thanksgiving and Christmas and all of that. So you wanna get all of that in one meeting. And so therefore, <clears throat> so excuse me, so then therefore persons are trying to do three hour Zoom calls or four hour Zoom calls and things like that. The same rule kind of holds place is that you want it to be an hour or less because at some point people then, mm -hmm. it just gets to be a bit much. And so some people, yes, want to keep going, but others really do want to get off. And so really just planning to keep it at an hour or less keeps it kind of focused and keeps people at their maximum engagement. And then I think the last thing is really just um, not feeling limited to that. So people still can send cards. I know the male system <laughs> might be jacked up right there, but you still can send cards. You still can send letters. Um, you still can have a phone call. So even though technology does offer a lot of ways, it doesn't mean that now it's still the only way. And mm -hmm. so there are other ways that we still can connect. Because the thing is this, after the Zoom call is over, yeah, I can replay it, but I can open a card at any time. I can read a letter at any time. So hopefully some of the things that we have may be pushed aside, we now can get to the point of actually bringing those back in to what it is that we do. And so mm -hmm. let's not totally throw out everything that's not technology because some of that is going to be necessary. And if the internet were to go down tomorrow, then <laughs> you know, we don't want to be at a point where we didn't feel like, okay, there's no way to connect to each other. Mm -hmm. I agree. I totally agree. I was telling someone I got in the habit, back in the habit of writing letters over the uh, quarantine. Because sometimes yeah. it just feels good to go to your mailbox and open a letter that's addressed to you. Right. Now you just get the junk mail and all of the stuff. Like I, I used to, you know, I would get stuff from like Target and I'm like, I ain't going out to shop it. <laughs> like, so why not send them stuff that make me want to go when I know I can't get out there? So uh, I think, yes, to be able to have something even now is even that much more personable and even is that much more important if you do get something because it's so unexpected now that it yeah. has actually even greater impact. Um, so, and then I guess one, another question would be, we kind of touched on it, but could you go into it a little bit more about the downfalls of just the of virtual chatting or virtual, just everything being virtual? Okay. So uh, one of the things with virtual is people sometimes can be something that they're not. So I'm not even talking about catfishing and everything else <laughs> like that, but we know that does happen as well. But the thing is, is that, uh, you know, sometimes people are, with the Twitter fingers get courage that they don't have in person. So people will say some things, you know, online, people will present themselves a certain way online that they never would in person. You know, persons would, you know, say things to you and then feel a license to be able to do that because they feel like there's no consequence. You're not going to get in your car and drive wherever, you know, with your mask on and then go to, you know, beat up somebody. <laughs> like that. So therefore, people are saying and really saying things that they normally wouldn't do. Um, 
we're not even gonna get started with all the challenges uh, that are out there with persons that are doing things that they normally would definitely not do. You normally wouldn't just obviously put on certain clothes and silhouette challenge. And then you see how, even with like say the silhouette challenge, mm -hmm. where now they have ways for persons to pull those filters off. And mm -hmm. so what you thought was being covered isn't. Oh, and wow. so then therefore it is a case where now predators have the ability to be able to do more as well. So mm -hmm. they have adjusted really quickly. Uh, so that's one of the dangers. One of the other dangers is specifically for younger children being able to have access and the time mm -hmm. to be able to see things they shouldn't. So unfortunately, pornography rates have gone up significantly in adolescence. Um, uh, looking at violence has gone up significantly. Mm -hmm. We know obviously racism and hate speech has gone up significantly as well. So all of those things have actually increased during COVID. And so I would definitely say that that is one of the significant challenges is that as well as it allows some good to happen, mm -hmm. it also has allowed some evil to take place as well. And so even we know what, what happened in the Capitol a couple of weeks ago, a lot of that was planned online. They were mm -hmm. able to share that information online. And then that's how everybody knew when to gather, what to do, all of those type of things. So it does require even for parents uh, to monitor uh, to make sure that definitely their children are not being exposed to things that, you know, when they've logged off from class, they still got that computer in front of them. And mm -hmm. so really making sure that they do that in the right way, but then also even for adults, that they don't end up becoming something online that they aren't in person, uh, mm -hmm. which then even if nothing else really leads to you having uh, anyone having almost two identities, which is just not mentally healthy for any of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So at this point, I like to ask people if you could give words of encouragement, um, because we know a lot of people who may be intimidated by social media, they may not be using it. A lot of people feel alone and isolated because they, they can't be around people. Right. Like, what are some words of encouragement? What are some things that you would suggest just to help people make it through what we're saying is the beginning of things getting better? Okay. So one is, I think that there is tomorrow, you know, so <laughs> it's not like, I don't feel like we're in the whiz or something like that. But the thing is, this is that there will be a tomorrow. And so, and you've made it through this far. And so sometimes it is congratulating ourselves. I know if we went, when we went into 2020, everybody was talking about 2020 vision, what they were going to do, everything <laughs> else like that. Once we got into 2021, we were just like, thank you. We done made it. That's like, oh, it, it was, you didn't see all the memes, exactly. nobody was popping bottles, you know? I mean, it was just like, whoo, we made it, you know? People was in sequin dresses coming into 2020. In 2021, mm -hmm. we were in bathrobes. You know, we were just like, hey. So I think being able to acknowledge that you've already made it this far. And we will say, and I think we can say it with some relative sense of confidence, that we are over the halfway mark, that we are closer now to being able to be on the other side of COVID than we were at the beginning. And so I think just basically saying, okay, let's hold on. But then not 
even just that, also recognizing that, yeah, you've been able to accomplish some things doing this. You've been able to find out some things about yourself. In some cases, yes, persons are working harder, but some people have had more chance to spend with family, have more time to be at home. And so some of the things that we maybe complained about not being able to do because we were too busy, then hopefully we've been able to experience some of those things in a good way. But then also too, because we haven't been able to do things, then now when we have the opportunity to experience them again, they're going to feel different. I, I will tell you, I mean, if, if they ever open up the movies again, it's going to feel different going to the movies and getting popcorn now than it did, you know, something that we would take for granted. So I hope that we've at a point where we don't take life for granted. But I will say this, if you're here, you're here for a purpose. Like mm -hmm. you made it, like literally, I know we sing this all sometimes, thousands didn't make it, but you're one of the ones that did. But now that really is the case. Like we really do know that, that most of us know somebody or definitely know somebody that knows somebody that has been impacted by COVID, has been killed by COVID or just died, period. And so it was a time where, remember, we had almost a person dying every single week. If we look at just the last couple of weeks, when Hank Aaron and Cicely Tyson, I mean, you just, I mean, it just seems like it keeps coming. So mm -hmm. if you are here, one, you have value. Two, it's a case that you got purpose. You know, it's something in you that God, in his wisdom, said, I still need this person here mm -hmm. on the earth. And nobody may see it. Nobody may know it. Nobody may just catch it yet. But that doesn't mean that it's not in you. And we've had so many persons where we see them when they become stars, but they were still people before they became stars. And they believed in themselves before anybody else did. And so even if nobody else likes your dream, nobody else believes your vision, nobody else just even uh, likes your post, and you ain't got no friends on any of the social networks, then that doesn't mean that you don't have value. And so I think really this is a time for us, as much as we are connected through internet and other places, being connected to ourselves and being able to dap up ourselves. I can't expect you to like or love my post if I don't like and love me. And so I got to start with that. And then I do believe, obviously, that God loves us. God loved you before there was internet. God loved you before anything else. So I think being able to just know that you are special, that you have value both before COVID, during COVID, and after COVID, that won't change. And mm -hmm. being able to hold on to that sometimes is what we need just to allow us to keep going and to know that not only is our future bright, but our present is bright because brightness, light, strength, value is in you. And so don't let that go. And don't let anybody else take that from you. Uh, so that's one of the things I would just hold on to. Just like you wouldn't let somebody take an Amazon package off your porch. Don't let someone take your dignity. Don't let someone take your strength. Don't let someone take your peace. Don't want to let someone take your joy. All of that is in you. All yeah. of that has already been delivered and deposited in you. So don't let that go. So you said something very important, and I just want to go back to it. You Please. said you've encouraged us to um, basically connect with ourselves. And yes. that, that's something people say, but it's not always easy to do. So yes. what are some tips that people can use to kind of connect with themselves? So I think that's great. One of the things is to take the time to be still. 
And so a lot of times persons look at that like, you know, they have to be like meditating or floating in the air or doing <laughs> yoga. It's not all of that. Sometimes mm -hmm. it's just turning off the TV, turning off the phone or turning the phone over. I know people are like, I ain't turning my phone off, but at least <laughs> turn it over, turn off, you know, the notifications so that you can have some still space. So nothing else, you can just hear from you. What am I feeling? What's going on with me? What are the thoughts that keep coming up? Those sorts of things. So one of the first things is just to be able to just honestly listen to you. And then once you do that, then be able to say, okay, where do I want to direct my thoughts? What is it that I want to think about? What is it? I will tell you one of the best things to do is to be able to say what you're grateful for. It is a great way to bring about perspective. A lot of our life is, bent, is spent on getting new stuff. A lot of our life is spent on trying to obtain this and get that. That's all of what we see on the internet and everywhere, getting this new car, getting this new outfit, getting this new house, whatever it is, it's always getting that we don't spend as much time sometimes being thankful for what we already have. So mm -hmm. really being able to tap into gratitude is also another great way to be able to kind of lock into yourself and to be able to hear yourself. And then after those things, then you can look and say, okay, with who I am and kind of affirming, speaking well of myself, with me being able to look and find the things that I am thankful for, whether that's the silver lining, whatever you want to call it. Now, what do I do? So I do take this and I do want to now do something. And then with that, how do I do it? So it, it might not be you're able to do everything all at once, but what's the small step that I can take, that I can then take that, do it, and celebrate it? For somebody, it might be literally listening to this podcast, that you're listening to this podcast, and this is the first step. And so the fact that you held on to the end of this podcast means that you have, you got a win. You got, you took a step or a couple of steps in where it is that you want to go. So I would say that sometimes checking in with yourself, first of all, starts off with kind of closing out all of the other voices and distractions and being able to kind of listen to yourself. So um, Rev, um, for all of the people who are watching the podcast who may want to follow you on a weekly basis that may want to get more wisdom from you, where can they reach you? What are your social medias and all of that stuff? Okay, now as much as I talk about social media, I am <laughs> horrible on social media. So I am consistent, but I'm horrible. And so I'll say this, the best way to reach me is on Facebook uh, under Vernon Ware. Uh, I will say this, every Tuesday night at 6.30, I have a Bible study uh, that I do called Message in the Music. Uh, people love it. So last night, Message in the Music, we dealt with Sam Cooke, uh, Kashif, and Tupac. Now, if just that sounds like a heck of a mixtape, it definitely is. But we were talking about change. And so if you go to my Facebook page, it's there. I'll see I am the pastor of Pilgrim AME Church. So on YouTube, if you search under Pilgrim AME Church, you'll see uh, a lot of our services and sermons and stuff there. Uh, if you find me on Instagram, you're doing better than me. Uh, <laughs> I am not on it at all. I think I have a post. I have literally one post on uh instagram so if you find something there they wasn't me uh so therefore really it is uh facebook and obviously it is uh on 
uh, on YouTube as well. And then I will make sure that I provide uh, just an email address because I know sometimes persons do have questions and things like that. And so mm -hmm. definitely I'm able to be reached by that way as well. Okay. So I want to thank you for taking time to speak with me today and to do the podcast. I think everything you shared was really helpful. Um, and so thank you. Thank you so much and have a good one. <laughs> you too. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.